Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Let's do it. Yo, you, hey you, that is a problem, man. You know what you did. What'd I do? Every Thursday morning, after a long night of Wednesday playoff action, just waiting for you in your podcast feeds as you wake up, it's Point of Contention. (laughs) On the Athletic NBA Show as a part of the Athletic Podcast Network, it's myself, Zach Harper, teeing up the toughest topics and questions to Marcus Thompson and Ethan Sherwood-Strauss with Jade Hoy producing. Every Thursday, subscribe to the Athletic NBA Show. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to give you some of the craziest and most hard-hitting theories and takes of playoff action possible. And you'll get Point of Contention right in your eardrums. In fact... If you don't like it, we'll have a point of contention for you right here on The Athletic. Hey. <laughs> oh, Fader's here? Hi. He's here. Hi. He's here. How many of the, you've done, I've seen like 8,000 of these that you've done for your book. You've got to be tired of everyone, right? You hate everybody? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. And it's crazy because, you know, this is kind of something you do like next month. But because the playoff run, they're like, you should go on stuff. So... Here I am. I'm sorry. I'm trying to see if my book is on that shelf. Take a look. I think you're on. I'm looking. Oh, I'm off camera. I'm off camera. You going with that one? You going with that? Oh, no, it's over there. Okay. I got a couple shows. The actual stress podcast got me here. Learn with a great guest. They're doing the thing where they don't want to overtly show how much they care about it. And it's, I wrote a thing, or, oh, here, I wrote a little thing, or, you know, maybe there's a lot of snark. And I, I just appreciate that you're out there and you're vulnerable. Um, I, I, I hope I'm not... I, I don't know, putting you in a spot where you didn't even know you were this person, I feel like you need to you know defend it, but I think it's good. No, thank you for saying that. I mean, I think, yeah, I've noticed that too, just in, you know, people have made me aware of that, like, um, wow, you know, you just quote nerdy book things. And, um, you know, I think in this industry, you have to stay true to yourself. I feel like so many people want to be personalities and, you know, I just never was into that. You know, I, I want to build up my portfolio. Like I really genuinely want to be a great writer. Um, and I think I just love writing in general. You know, if you put sports aside, I played basketball my whole life. I was an athlete for the first half of my life, but you know, even now I think I realize it's, it's about so much more than the sport, you know, it's about the person, the human, like you said. And so I think I'm just still in that I'm in love with writing stage. And so that's sort of what motivates me is like, I actually really love this. I really enjoy this. I think 
Which which one of your books is which one of both of your books? Which, which one of your good. books is which one of both of your books is not on that shelf, Marcus? <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's all good. It's, it's in a very special place. Okay. Yeah, right above the toilet. I got it. Ah. I don't think I see um, the victory machine either. So. <laughs> wow, no victory machine. I, I see some. Four. I see some Isabel Wickerson, but it's all good. I see all right. Cast, which is wonderful. It's a great, great book. book. That was such a good book. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Athletic NBA Show, Monday through Friday on the Athletic Podcast Network. Oh my God! Let's bring DA into the conversation here. Welcome to Who Comma is Jason on the Athletic Podcast Network. I turned it on and I heard Shaq with the barbs, like the bullshit and braggadocio. I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than Shaq. With David, David Aldridge. Aldridge. Oh, he's totally playing him. Yes. <laughs> And then he yeah. got their lungs out in front of everybody on TV. Michael was not your friend. It was popping in there. And Marcus Thompson. I just can't get with this idea of taking one hour of content yeah. and finding the morsel that might pop and blowing out of Hoops and Jason. Jason. Welcome to Hoop 5, 4, we have ignition. It is another edition of Hoops Adjacent on the Athletic NBA Show. I am David Aldridge, and I am not on the call. It doesn't look like, or maybe I am on the call. I don't know. We'll see. They'll, they'll stop me if, if I'm not on the call. It's hot as hell here in D.C. Marcus, where I say you're not on the call, even if you're really on the call, just so we can get your reaction to not being on the call. That was just, I, I, just wanted to hear, I just wanted to see if y'all talk bad about me when you, if you thought I wasn't on the call. Like, damn, that, I'm glad that asshole's not on the call. He's so annoying. You know, yeah. We, we, we're come on, we're more savvy than that. We know Big Brother's watching. <laughs> you, you vets on your savvy internet vets now, Marcus. Well, it's it's eight trillion degrees here in DC. Tell me what the weather is like in the Bay. Uh, it is wonderfully sky blue, right? Uh, the perfect mixture of heat and breeze. You know that that, that very Bay Area thing, where just in case you get a little too hot, the the the, the, the gentle Bay will just whisper on your back of your neck, like. <laughs> You feel me? Like it's 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 perfect, man. It's, it's the bay. Uh, Sound this is how we, this is how we do it. <laughs> you know, we just you. get they just whisper sweet nothings in our ear all day. You know, until, until the it's nightfall. So, it's so hot here that I I live for air conditioning. Like my whole life is air conditioning. Like that's what I I don't know what I would do in a tropical climate. I just would die. I think. So I'm in the house that's full of air conditioning on complete. Arctic blast and I'm still hot. <laughs> That's how hot it is. It's hot. Ooh, that bill gonna be crazy. Oh, it's hot. It's, you know it's hot because black people across the nation are on Twitter talking about man, it's hot. <laughs> and we are tropical people. And we say it's hot, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> you know what else is hot? See, this was known as a segue because I'm a professional. You know what else is hot? The new biography yes. by Marin Fader of Giannis and Nandekumpo, called Giannis. Well, Marin's here. She's joining us. Marin from the ringer. Here. You're fantastic. How are you? Oh, thank hey, you for that. I'm, I'm see, so happy to be here. Let me tell you why DA is the best, right? Let me tell you why DA is the best. He's so thoughtful and just wise, because I was fully expecting you to say, you know what's so hot? Mirrored Fader, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and then I was going to be like, uh-oh, we might have a situation. But DA, with his wisdom, says the book. I'm not going to have people outside. A hot house. Yo, protest. that is genius right there at work. That was incredible. I was nervous. You could have let it go, Marcus. 
Marcus. You could have let it go. You could have no, let it No, we got to recognize. Fluid. No, it's the it little things, fluid. man. It's the little things. That was incredible. Dude. Not I my first like, rodeo. Don't do Come it. On. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then he oh, said the book. Okay. <laughs> It it is it will you should pre-order it by the way because that helps Marin out a lot and we want Marin to be happy <laughs> so pre-ordering is better. When is the official Please. release date? Give it to us again. It's August tenth. August tenth. So way before August tenth because you know yeah you have plenty of time for a July fourth present for example if you don't know what to get the person in your life on July the fourth don't get them fireworks don't get them a hot dog get them Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> So what we got? I don't know. We got like salad. We got fried stuff. We got fried stuff. We got fried stuff. Like how far Giannis is the only person in the world who can play blackjack and eat the buffet at the same time. I mean, look at this. It's just like, it's, it's embarrassing. And you've got like something that approximates. I mean, that's like a real meal. What is that? What I'm gonna... We That's should do this I'm... more often. Like, I go. think I, I should have just recorded that. Yeah. <laughs> Mirren, I, I love you so much. Um, Marcus and I have spent many hours like brooding about why you're not here with us, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> why you're at the ringer, but that's another story. <laughs> you see my face? Mirren. So, so look, I've, 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 I listened to several of your interviews because I didn't want you to have to tell the same story over and over and over again. So you interviewed 220 people. This came out of the story you did for Bleacher Report a couple of years ago about Giannis and Alex, his younger brother, right? And yeah. you said this is more than a feature story. This is a book. So what was the journey in terms of finding the right publisher? How did you do that? Yeah, I appreciate you asking that because that was really, really hard. I mean, I, I've been wanting to write a book for like the last five years. And the first thing you have to do is, you know, get a literary agent that believes in you and um, loves your idea, but also things it can sell. You know, it's yeah. this like magical combination between like good idea and sellable idea and person going to bat for you. And so I met a couple literary agents. They're like, I like you, but you're too young. Or I like this idea. I don't think it'll sell. It was just like always wrong. Yeah. And I was kind of forcing it like, um, here's another proposal. Here's another proposal. And then I was like, you know, I'm just going to let it go. Uh, I hope a book can come out of reporting naturally, organically, without forcing it. And that's what happened. I finally got introduced to this literary agent that was like, my door's open. Um, whenever you have an idea, just come to me and, and we'll talk about it. So that was great. It was like low pressure, but also somebody that respected me enough to open their door. Um, you know, we all need somebody to take chances on us. So he did that. And when the story came out, you know, a lot of people were like, I've never really seen this side of Giannis. I really loved hearing about how protective he is and nurturing he is. I liked hearing more about what's going on mentally rather than just, oh, he's a freak of nature. Mm -hmm. So I went back to that agent and I was like, what do you think? Like, could this be the book? And he was like, absolutely, it's human. And so um, fortunately, Hachette offered. So I had a year to do it, March 2020 yeah. to March 2021. So as you know, most people get like two years. So. Right, right. No, so I don't know. I don't know. I got <laughs> oh, six months. Know. I don't know nothing about you those. You two veteran book writers know, but I, who have never written a book, don't know anything. So this is all new information to me. 
So. <laughs> Marcus right. knows because I would text him and be like, Marcus, what am I doing? Like, what did I sign up for? Help. And he would help. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, there, there, there were those moments. There were those moments. There definitely were those moments. You know what's interesting? Um, DA, um, Mirren, uh, when you write a book, especially when like it's about to come out and it's so live, it's so Mirren's whole playoff experience has been different. Would you like to tell us about what it's like <laughs> watching the guy you wrote about go through the playoffs and, and kind of have your whole life hanging in the balance with every shot. <laughs> so basically Marcus is revealing all of my just part of it. Just part stories. of it. Yeah, that's that's part of it. So normally when I watch, I feel like I'm pretty detached. I am not really a fan anymore. And yeah, you know, happens. Yeah, and there's no, you know, I I love basketball, but it's different than when I was a little girl and I was, you know, pulling for the Lakers. But this is a completely different experience because, like, I'm in this weird position for the first time where I'm like selling my work. You know, I'm not used to promoting. I'm not used to being like the center of whatever attention. I I really like to be in the background. So. When I'm watching the game, uh, when the Bucks don't do something well, I'm like, can you get it together? These <laughs> books need to be sold, okay? These so- books aren't going to sell themselves. <laughs> it's pure agony, yo. It's pure agony. <laughs> like, when Giannis is pulling threes, I'm like, Giannis, please, like, for the love of God, like, I need this to sell. I need guys and so it's just it's it's so stressful it's, it's beyond stressful listen <laughs> listen i was i was in the middle of uh writing a book when Kyrie hit the shot over steph and i was like yeah this thing's done it's over <laughs> that's it it was a nice run though at least i at least i know how to write right i know how to do it but <laughs> that's it <laughs> oh my god i have said this so often i'm sick of myself saying it so I'm sure you've thought this is over the last year. And literally, you signed your contract nine days after the league shut down. Like the league shuts down March 11th. You signed March 20th. I'm sure you were thinking, what the hell am I doing? This is ridiculous. Like, this is the dumbest thing ever. I'm, what am I doing? That was a very stressful time period. But because I am such a, like, um, what's the word? Um, determined person. I actually flew to Milwaukee right before the world shut down, even right. before I signed, yeah. even before I signed the contract. Cause I was just like, Oh my God, this is such a big deal. Like I can't screw this up. Like I'm so nervous. Let me just go to Milwaukee and get the family. Let me just interview whoever I can. Coronavirus is like, not necessarily like, I didn't think the world was going to shut down, but I also didn't even sign the contract, but I just was like, I can't, I gotta hurt. Like what, you know what? I can't, I can't wait for anybody. And yeah. so I went and thank God I went because I think I would have been truly screwed. But when the world shut down, I was super disappointed because I was going to go to Greece. Yeah. And, you know, as a reporter, like you want, you want people to like look at the page and smell the neighborhood. You sure. want them to like feel like they're walking through the neighborhood. And I was like, how am I going to give you the neighborhood from my apartment? Um, and so it, it just... Sometimes, you know, as a reporter, you're just like, I can completely freak out about this or I can say, this is what it is. I have to figure it out. I have to deliver. And that was like my mindset the whole year. I don't know how, I don't know what, but like, we're going to do this. And that was kind of my mentality. When you um, are watching these finals, especially now that you hear the dialogue about Giannis, right? Because it seems to be never ending. Uh, 
what how does what you know what you did with the book and the research you've done how does that shape how you take the dialogue uh when you see him play are things more illuminated now that you know his story so well and his background so well yeah i mean the one thing of course like we're all talking about shooting right and i spent a lot of time on the jason kidd era and there was a lot of anecdotes that I learned in my reporting about kid not allowing him to shoot and benching him if he shot. And so I think that does something to you, not just psychologically, but physically, like you're literally out of rhythm. Like basketball is a game of rhythm. If it doesn't feel good, it's not going to look good. And I think that that's what, you know, happened to him. And so when I see this discourse, I'm like, okay, but nobody talks about this era or, you know, um, I, I just think that there's, there is a lack of nuance, which is not uh, breaking news, but how do you go from like, Giannis is really talented to Giannis is trash. Like there, there's just our language, <laughs> our language around this like really complex person is just missing nuance, right? How is he shooting at such a high percentage and yet he's trash, he doesn't do this, you know? So I just, th- I just wish the discourse was just like, here's where he needs to improve. But of course he's talented. Of course he's skilled. Of course there are things that he brings that are intangible. Um, So, yeah, it's just weird for me to see the slander. And I think, you know, Giannis went from being adorable to inspiring to not good enough slash great slash not good enough slash he's not it. And I, I his narrative, he's still such a young player. His story is still being written. So I just... We're so quick with these assessments, you know. You are introducing subtlety and nuance into a discussion about sports, and you know that that is not acceptable. And I don't know why we would even do that because that's not what was I thinking? That's not what we do. That's not what we do on Twitter, especially. That's not what we do. You know. All right. So I, 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 what I was saying before was I don't think you can tell Giannis's story enough. I just I am blown away by the idea that this kid whose family came from Nigeria and wound up in one of the toughest neighborhoods in Athens, Greece is the two-time MVP of the NBA. I'm blown away by that. I think it's a failure of the NBA that they don't keep telling that story. It's incredible. It's a lottery ticket. This does not happen. And so I know you have, you've talked about this extensively about the notion of how he has come to be accepted now in Greece, you know, and I am fascinated by the then when his kid, when he was, he and his family were literally on the streets trying to find out where their next meal was coming from. And the whole notion of especially African immigrants coming to Greece, coming to Europe, finding virulent racism on the ground and still wanting to be known as black greek or greek nigerian whatever you want to whatever the nomenclature and how that assimilation occurred in that family yeah absolutely it, i this is critical because it's just been treated as such a fairy tale that like oh Giannis transcends but he literally was treated so badly by so many people. Um, And one of the fascinating parts of my reporting was finding his other Nigerian Greek friends who did not get the same privileges he was afforded, who did not get their citizen fast track, who never will have the life that he has. And that could have been Giannis. That could have been his family. Um, And so first you have like the casual racism, walking down the street, um, people 
literally muttering under their breaths about these kids, like these, these three brothers just walking down the street. Um, and then you have the more, um, flagrant racism. So one time they were at a game at Tricola and it was a couple hours away. And the whole time during the game, they're screaming, go home monkeys. And it's so painful because there's nothing that Giannis can do, right? He's 16, 17. He just has to take it and pretend like he doesn't hear it. Um, but talking with one of his childhood friends, like it was shattering. It was awful. It was horrible. Um, and I think that it's hard for people to understand that that happened, but also there were really kind people, kind white Greeks that did help as well. So it's not one or the other. It's just, they're both true. Um, and I think if you look at the way that, um, Greece really did not, um, was not, um, aggressive in giving him citizenship is so key to all this. They dragged their feet throughout the whole time. You know, I remember us being here learning about like, oh, this kid got papers, but it took forever. It was a total bureaucracy. There's so much red tape. I, I got the Greek um, prime minister at the time, uh, Mr. Samaras, and he just kept dodging the question. Like, why would you, would you give this to him if he wasn't a basketball player? <laughs> and it's just so clear. No, right, right. <laughs> absolutely not. He'd just be another um, black Greek on the street where people treating him like crap. And so his story is improbable. And it's also tragic for all the people that cannot ascend the way that he has ascended. The, the, the funny part about this, like, especially when we're talking about Giannis and the fact that people don't know this story, it, it, it makes it so obvious the way people write Giannis off. And it's like, yo, do you think this dude is bothered by a free throw, like right. you know, what I'm saying missing like you, airballing a, yeah, you think three. you think right. you think for a second, Giannis has any quit in him? Like you know, he like you said, he's still young. Whatever he needs to work on, like that will be done in the next three or four years, right? Like so, when you know Giannis's story, a lot of the dialogue just don't make sense. Be like, do you guys know who you're talking to? Like this dude right. is a savage. <laughs> like he's right, not afraid right. of y'all. And, you know, like right. the other day when it was like, or last series when he said, you know, Kevin Durant's the best player in the league. And, and then the other day after Chris Middleton goes off and he's like, yo, Middleton, if he wants the ball, get it. And somehow that's perceived as this level of weakness. It's like, you clearly don't know Giannis. <laughs> like there's nothing weak about this dude. Like he is a savage. Yeah. Totally. One of my favorite um, parts about like learning about his rookie year was that like Josh Oppenheimer, who's an assistant coach now with the Bucks, he was saying that, you know, part of Giannis wanted to prove that he's not soft because he's coming from Europe. Like there was a perception that, you know, maybe he, maybe he's not tough enough. Maybe he's soft because he was also super scrawny back then, but that's always been there. Like, even though he's proven himself time and time again and transformed his body, he like, he doesn't take it for granted that he's there. So yeah. And it's also just like when you've seen your mom go through horrible things and leave the house at 11 PM, not having eaten anything the whole day, like you're not stressed about memes on Twitter. Like that's just a completely different, <laughs> right, right. you don't, you, you don't forget that. Like, I think, I think um, one of the reasons why I love sports journalism is because I love trying to figure out how childhood impacts adulthood because we're all still the children inside of us. And so even though he transcended and did all these things, it still affects everything that happens to him. It still affects his mentality on the court and everything. And you see that with him all the time. Yeah, it, it's 
the hood is the hood. I don't care if it's in Athens or in. It's probably worse <laughs> than some of these other places. You know what I mean? Or Oakland or DC. It's the hood. You're in the hood. You know what I mean? So it's ridiculous. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I was curious about one thing. You obviously, you have done a number of stories on LaMelo Ball as well. Um, you went famously with Lithuania and Australia, right? To do pieces on him yeah. and, and, and his travels. Do you see similarities between the Ball brothers and the Adentacumpo brothers? Um, yes and no. No in the sense of, you know, the Adentacumpo brothers were never expected to be anything. Like Kostas was telling me, he's like, you know, this is crazy. Like a decade ago, we didn't even play basketball. Right, <laughs> he's, right, just like, right. he's like, this is absolutely crazy. Like it's still crazy to them, right? Like, and Giannis hated basketball for the record when he first picked right. up a ball. This is not love at first sight. This is like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> versus like LaMelo and the Ball brothers, you know, there was the prophecy. Engineer to, to play to basketball. Yeah. <laughs> engineer to play basketball. And also here's a red carpet for you. I'm going to direct the whole offense for you. You know, LaMelo, you can do what you want. It's just completely different. But I will say I love the Venn diagram, like the symmetry of fathers, because fatherhood is central to both of their stories. Giannis's dad um, seemed like such a wonderful man. Every person I talked to said he always had a smile on his face, no matter how little they had like he would just go without eating for two days if it meant his kids would be okay and it wasn't go without eating and look sad he had a smile on his face he wanted to show them that you know um you can find joy amid pain you know like Giannis had a really joyful childhood despite all of this because family made him happy and rich um you look at the ball brothers they uh were so in love with their dad too and even if the the media wasn't it that's still a bond. That's still a, a family. Still their father, yeah. It's, still it's their literally, dad, the, yeah. yeah. It's their it's their dad, right. and like they they see a different version of him than we do. When I was in Lithuania, I saw Lavar wheel Tina, um, his wife, around and yeah. get her whatever she wanted, and her croissant is just very sweet. And so, uh, I say all that to say is that these are these are boys that grew up with their fathers very intently loving them, caring for them, protecting them, watching over them. And I think that's really wonderful. That's great. She, mean, she's, trying, she's trying to make me cry, dear. I know, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Get you cold, all up in your feelings? Cold-blooded, man. Oh, Marcus. <laughs> I went back to look, because I'm, I always like doing this, I went back and looked at my pre-draft notes on, on Giannis, in which mm. I – had spelled his, I think, name incorrectly. But then I realized, oh, that's right. He changed it. They had to change their name. Um, and it's amazing, Miriam, when I go back and look, and these are experts. These are NBA GMs and scouts and coaches and people that know the game. And they went over there and saw him over and over and over again. And they are so wrong. <laughs> They're all wrong. <laughs> There's one guy that's right. There's one guy that got it right. There's one guy that saw it. 
I will read you the quote. I am intrigued by him. I walked out of there saying, holy cow, this kid's a freak. This is in 2013. This is before anybody else said Greek freak. This before kid's Nike a freak. Before put it on something. Right. Right. <laughs> he has no body. He's got pipe fitter legs, but he's got Magic Johnson kind of handle and court vision. He's the only guy. And there's 20 guys here. And I wonder if he ever carries that with him the wrongness about how he was scouted and viewed, even though he was a first round pick, mm-hmm. just that they, everybody was like, yeah, project it's going to take forever. He may be okay someday. Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny because my mind just went to a moment where Giannis was playing in front of the scouts and he, he must've had like 20 points and he was crying after the game. He's like, I didn't do good enough. And he tells his brother, I'm not going to make it. Like I didn't do good enough. Nobody's going to, want me, you know, all these things. And so I think like, even though people were wrong about him, he was so hard on himself that yeah. it wasn't like, Oh, I deserve, I, I should be there. <laughs> he was like, wrong he, about him. Right? <laughs> he was wrong about him, you know, like he, this, like, you know, the, 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 like, they were wrong about me. They're hating on me. They're doubting me. That was like, that's not him. Like yeah. he doesn't think he doesn't think like that. Yeah. He was watching. He was watching these videos, going to the internet cafes, and staying for like two hours and watching, you know, um, LeBron and and Kobe and with all the dramatic music in the background, just hoping, wishing, praying it could be him. So it was never like, oh, like they don't think I'm. It was like if I'm lucky enough to be there, I hope to be there. What I think is fascinating about the whole scouting thing is that it was impossible to do it on like watching from the the video. Mm-hmm. It was so grainy. You couldn't even tell how tall the players were in addition to each other. Yeah. Like it, it was so bad. And I think I'm, um, although a lot of these people were wrong, a lot of them at least had the sense to say, but I want to see him anyway. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they don't go over there to identify the talent. The talent, it has been identified. Right, right. The, the question is how good. Yes. So, you know, to their credit, I at least love that they all went. Um, but again, like there were, um, this Buck staffer was telling me, we were on the phone with his agents till the night before. Like we had no idea what we were getting. I think that, John Hammond had so much courage to draft him, but, but John, but John said to me, like, look, I'm really conscious of the way that people have framed this as a fairy tale. I didn't know anything that others didn't know. I took a chance. We, you know, Milwaukee, you take swings. You're not going to, you're not going to land somebody the way that other people will. So you got to take a chance. And so I just, I hope that people take from the book is that a lot of luck was involved. Nobody had clairvoyant powers. If you think that you knew that Giannis was going to be good, like you're lying. I like knew. Nobody I knew. I knew. Everybody except for Marcus. I knew. I knew. <laughs> you know what? 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 I find fascinating about Giannis is his leadership style, and especially his relationship to how superstars are. Right? He's almost yeah. the anti-superstar in that way. Um, so when you're watching like Chris Middleton, like Shine, and everybody killing Mike Budenholzer. <laughs> right like how what, what what can you tell us about how he views himself as a leader and his style when you know getting the bucks through all that they've been through and now they're on the precipice of it and he's he seems to be at the center of that without beating his chest and saying this is my team type of thing 
Exactly. And by the way, I'd like to point out if he was like that, they'd hate him more. So it's like, you can't win. You want to be humble. You're not, you know, aggressive. You're not Mamba mentality enough. You want to be outlandish and all these things. Oh, like that's not cool either. So anyways, I, again, nuance, I'm sorry for doing that, but um, she'll learn one day, DA. She'll learn. <laughs> but, but, um, I actually am really intrigued by the leadership style too, because the last dance, you know, came out while I was reporting this. And I wondered if Giannis was similarly, um, like, how does he get the best out of people? And it's completely different than Jordan. Like one of the fascinating parts is how quiet he was and is. So when Jason Kidd became coach, Jason's biggest thing was like, you need to open your mouth. Like I need to hear you. And Giannis is like, I don't want to speak. Don't call on me. You know, that's not him. He's like, I don't understand why I have to say something when I prove myself through my action. I work hard and I lead by example. But Jason's like, no, I'm trying to make you into a point guard. That means talking is like breathing. Um, and so he was so uncomfortable during those years because kid would force him to talk to his teammates. It's not that he doesn't like his teammates. It's not that he's not a friendly guy. It's just not the way that he relates. It's like rearranging like, his DNA. Huh? Like <laughs> Totally. Some some people just aren't like that, you know? But But Jason was like, you need to be like that. So although I wish that, you know, they hadn't really tried to, morph him into a point guard because I don't think he's a point guard I do like that he got a crash course in how to be a leader in terms of a point guard and you know right before the world shut down the Bucks came to LA and I was talking with Sterling Brown he said the biggest growth I've seen from Giannis is that he listens to his teammates instead of trying to like show that he can put the team on his back and do everything that needs to be done lead by example he's going to take a step back and he's going to listen to what we have to say. And so I really see that with Chris who like Giannis, no struggle, who like Giannis was there during that awful 15 win season. So when Giannis compliments people and he says he trusts them, I feel like that's leadership. And I feel like that's growth in him. Just not only saying that privately, but publicly verbalizing it. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out. Birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids. And honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So, did they want you to do the book? <laughs> they, well, the, there's the family. The family. There's the family. Yeah. And there's the books. The oh, family. man. What? <laughs> such a really? She's such a pro. Jeez. <laughs> a pro. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you know, I don't think at first I didn't think the family really cared because mm-hmm. I I talked to them again, you know, and the brothers were like really nice and kind and, and obliging. But, you know, the agents were like, you know, we're, we're not going to help with this. So I was like, okay, well, I'll do it on my own, you know, and I, I talked with the mom for the story, um, for the Bleacher Report story I mentioned, and, and then I got the brothers again. So I was like, you know what, okay, I'm going to do my best to like honor this family story, whether or not you want it and, um, or want to help, I should say. Uh, and then the Bucks were like, we're not going to help you with this. So everyone I got within the Bucks, I got on my own. Um, which I, is, I feel a certain kinship with you. I feel like we just, I feel we just bonded even more. Now. Like, you know, I, I, it's like at this point, it's like they know I'm not going to do a hatchet job. They know I'm right, not going right. to write something right. salacious. They know what type of like person and reporter I am. And it's like, you know, it's unfortunate if people don't want to help you. But again, like we talked about, it's like you have an assignment, you have to deliver. So, Absolutely. you know, I got a lot of people in the books. I got the family and it's it's because, you know, like Marcus, like, you know, like you have to hustle yourself and you have to find a way. Um, but yeah, it would be awesome if I could have help for book number two. <laughs> it would be a lot <laughs> no, easier. No, look, look, Giannis, all you got to do is promote that thing. That's it. You want to <laughs> help? Promote that thing. You can help. <laughs> There's something you can do. <laughs> oh I remember God. that struggle, DA. That oh, awkward yeah. space. Like, uh, I mean, I'm not going to do it with you, but I'm not going to exactly <laughs> stop you. You know, like, <laughs> I'm not going to court yeah, to keep yeah, you from yeah, doing yeah. this. <laughs> I remember. I remember that. I remember that. But at some point, they understand. You know, I think right that, the, that your your motives are your are to tell the story as accurately and fully as possible, and perhaps there's ways they can cooperate that aren't official cooperation. Yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, when I talked to the brothers, they were just like, "How are you doing? Like, it's been so long." Just like super nice, like didn't mind at all. So, you know, I think it's it's unfortunate. You know, a lot of things out of your control in terms of like agents and their goals and their deals and people wanting to get paid. But, you know, I think, um, I don't know. I, I, the goal of my work is always to like honor the subject and honor their struggle and their story as best as possible. And, you know, it's not like I kind of just did this out of nowhere. Like the family really enjoyed the story that I wrote, um, for Bleacher Report. And so, you know, all you can do, I think is just put your best foot forward and, just report the heck out of it. So, and you were awfully ga- glad that Kevin Durant wears a size eighteen shoe instead of seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there like, "Oh my god, losing my mind!" I think I was texting you, Marcus. I was like, "Absolutely can't handle this. I can't." <laughs> Yo, I was texting you like, "You're dying over there right now, huh? Ah. You're losing." <laughs> I remember I had the added benefit of like working, right? I was covering the game so I could get lost in the game. I could like not think about it, you know? And then it's like, oh, that would hurt. Or, oh, okay, we're still alive. We're still still rolling. But you could get lost in the game. I can't imagine being at home, like like, that would feel like literal torture to me. Like, you guys better not blow this, right? Like, I, I I would lose it. I was dying. I was at my parents' house and I was like, you know, petting their dog and I started like, clenching up and I'm like oh don't hurt the dog but you know it's like come on like we gotta win this you 
know, and I texted Marcus. I was like, "We, huh? We." <laughs> oh, we're yeah, she's dropping the we? ASU. Halloween. That's too funny. Try to detach yourself from from the from the uh, economics of their success <laughs> on you. Are what do you think when you see him? When you see him at this whole different stage of his life and career, it's beyond the MVP. Like this is a whole different, you know. And I know it's decried as rings culture by younger people now. No, you can't. No, well, if it if it doesn't matter, then why are we talking about it so much? Why are we crushing Ben Simmons if rings don't matter? Because right. rings obviously do matter to everybody. So. He's really close now. He's got a real chance at this. What? How do you view that? How do you view him watching that? Watching him perform at this stage? Like, I really kind of can't believe it because it's just look at the photos from 2013 to 14. Look at now. It's insane. We really take for granted the progression because we're so focused on what he's not doing. But it's miraculous strides personally and team wise. Um I just think it's crazy. Like you said, like this should be the story that people talk about, not because I'm doing it, but because it's just simply inconceivable. If you take away like all of the trauma that we talked about as far as being undocumented and, you know, not having food and always being evicted, he literally didn't start playing basketball like regularly, regularly, like serious, serious until like 16 slash 17. That alone is like crazy. Rookie year, Milwaukee doesn't know how to lift weights. The strength and conditioning coach, Robert Hackett, had to teach him how to hold the bar and would just observe how Giannis's hands are trembling. So when I'm like, you're about to be an NBA champion, potentially, you know, a couple years ago, you didn't know how to weightlift. I just, that's so cool. I just think it's crazy. It's just crazy, you know? But but before before we let you go, I got to ask you about another guy you wrote about. One of my favorite pieces that you wrote is about Pat Bev. And now Pat Beverly is shutting down Devin Booker. In the- no, he ain't shutting down, but he's doing really good against them. Like, uh, uh, what's, what's that like watching Pat Bev on the stage, like being, you know, Patrick Beverly? Okay, I... I really enjoy watching him play. Okay. It's not just because I too, you know, was shorter and pesky and blah, blah, blah. And so you're saying you was Pat Bev when that. you played? That's no, what you said? Orange County Pat saying. Bev. That's what you said. Exactly. Knocking people down, <laughs> stepping on them. Mocking them after they fall. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely not me. Okay, bye. And I'm <laughs> just saying, I really love his passion and his energy. However, um, Again, he's somebody that had this untraditional path. Pat Bev, like, casually was in Ukraine and then Greece and all of these places. And everyone was like, this guy is not good. Like, this guy is not good at basketball. Like, he can't do this. He can't do that. He's done. It's like, there's so many guys in the NBA that have this path. So I don't understand. Every time I do a story like like Pat Bev or Jay Sean Tate or, you know, all these people, it's like, why is there this one size fits all narrative in the NBA? This is the path. Cause the most successful people did not have straight paths and they all had some windy weird thing happen. 
So I, I just, you know, I wish we weren't so wedded to rankings. I wish we weren't so wedded to scouting reports. I wish we weren't so wedded to favorites because people will surprise you. Like if you give them a chance and he's somebody that like was given a chance and found the thing that he was good at a niche and it stuck. She, she was, uh, she channeled her inner Pat Bev to finish that book, DA. There you she go. Was, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> the amount of coffee consumed, the amount oh of God. like. I can't even imagine. I can't. I am so glad. Hey, that late night coffee is different, man. That, that oh, late night ooh, coffee is different. Oh, it's so nasty. Oh, it's what? So- it's incredible. DA, you are wild. We we Ooh. need to get you a 10 p.m. Uh, no, latte, DA. No, no. oh god. Marcus is like, like drinking coffee at this hour, and I was like, <laughs> yes, I'm on chapter 14. Like I am <laughs> drinking coffee at this hour. Um, <laughs> Literally bouncing off the walls, weren't you? <laughs> so much ready to just get in a defensive stance and go. I mean, there yeah. you go. It is called. It is Giannis, the improbable <laughs> rise of an NBA MVP. It's out in August. It's Marin Fader. Buy the book now and help put Marin Fader into a nicer home. That's what we want to do for her. <laughs> a, <laughs> nicer home. Home, a nicer home with with a prominent bookshelf to to put Marin straight and stuff. more prominent right bookshelf. Out of pocket. This this is the struggle <laughs> bookshelf books that does not have center Marcus's books. Yeah, come on. Does not have Katie. I don't know what's happening. But please pre-order Giannis. Thinking about this the whole interview, guarantee you. <laughs> Please pre-order Giannis because she needs to upgrade her bookshelf. Fact. <laughs> Fantastic. I wish you the best of luck. I love the Bucks. I, you know, I used to go. My wife is from out, just outside of Milwaukee, so every every Christmas we would go spend the holidays in Milwaukee. And every Christmas the Bucks would play the day after or two days after Christmas, and I would go because I liked going to Bucks games. And they would always say, "What are you doing here?" And I would always say, "I'm covering an NBA game." <laughs> like, what, what do you think I'm doing it? So I'm happy for them. I'm happy for John Hammond, who is a a very nice man and I'm glad that he's getting some attention but I'm happiest for Giannis and his family because they're the ones that made this happen all of it oh my god every bit of it is because of him and his family so good for them and he gets to do it with his brother that's cool I like that yeah yeah (laughs) good for you and continued success and good luck as the book continues to climb up the bestseller charts and we (laughs) we speak it into existence I live in LA it's an expensive city Exactly. Um, I appreciate exactly. you guys so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. We come back anytime to talk about anything you want that you're doing. Okay. Um, with a couple of exceptions that we won't get into on the air. But that's <laughs> one day we'll have we'll have coffee and we'll we'll discuss. We'll have coffee it. <laughs> in a really expensive restaurant because your book's done so well. Exactly. You're paying though, baby. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, all of I y'all. I look forward to it. Thank Take you care, for you joining guys. us. And Thank you. Lee, hey. If you are listening on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play or wherever you listen to this podcast, you got to leave that five-star review. We need five-star reviews. And they always say this every week. I get tired of it, but it's the truth. If it's less than five stars. Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. (laughs) 